All right, how's everybody today? Everybody doing good? Feeling good? All right. Well, uh, I'm excited. We're diving into a brand new series today called Restore. And I love this word, restore. Maybe you've restored something in your life. It could be that old house or, or that old kitchen and you renovated it and you brought it back to life or maybe it's a classic car that got restored back to its former glory. Maybe you found a picture of your great-great-great-grandmother's wedding and you wanted to revive it, bring it back to life. I just love this word, restore. And the idea behind restore is, is taking something and, and bringing it back to what it was meant to be. A few years ago, my dad decided to restore our kitchen table. And uh, this isn't just any kitchen table. This is our family kitchen table. So there's a lot of memories around the table and meals that were had, birthdays that were celebrated. I have a, a brother who's younger than me, and then I have a sister who's younger than me. And, and we did a lot of damage to that kitchen table. How many of you know if you have kids, your, your furniture's not going to survive those years unscathed? It's true, right? So this table has been colored on. It's been scraped, scratched, chipped. Uh, there was a point where I took a fork to the table. I don't know what was going on in my head. But it's been through a lot. And so a few years ago, my dad's like, you know what? I think I want to restore this kitchen table. And uh, he takes it apart, sands it down. You know, and when you're done sanding it, you sand it some more. Then you get a finer grit of sandpaper. You sand it some more. Puts on the finish. And now we've got this brand new kitchen table. It's even better than a new kitchen table because it's our old kitchen table. And it's totally restored. Maybe you can think of something in your life that has been restored. To restore something means that something has been damaged and it needs to be brought back to life. And if we are real today and as we think about our own lives, I think some of us, many of us, really are like that kitchen table. We've got a lot of great stories. There's been moments of glory and yet there's been moments of, of damage and pain. Something that I love about Christianity is that Christianity is really not about sweeping that pain under the rug, pretending it doesn't exist. You know, Christi Christianity is a very, something very genuine. And as we talk today, we're going to be talking about, about our own pain, about damage that's been done to us, about some of the wounds that we carry. And maybe, it's, maybe for you, it's, it's the pain that you carry because of your own childhood and what you experienced growing up. Maybe it was, was an abuse that you endured or, or just growing up being told that you're worthless. Many of us live with brokenness. Some, some it's, it's broken bodies. And many people live today just constant daily pain. It's a heavy, heavy Heavy burden. It's very so others. It's it's emotional pain and daily emotional pain. Some it might be a a reoccurring sin, uh, bad habit or an addiction, whether it's food or spending money or could be a sexual 
addiction. And, and when you think about it, it disgusts you, but you just can't stop. We have marriages that are falling apart and we have singles who want to be married. And just wherever you're at today, we, we just want to take a moment and we just want to be real. And some of us have, are like that table. There's moments of glory, there's, mo- there's great stories, and yet there's, there's a lot of pain and hurt that we live with every day. Just want to encourage you next week as we continue the series. Stephen Phyllis are going to be talking about marriage restored. And, and I just want to encourage you today that whether it's your marriage or whatever it is, you're not without hope. Whatever sin or brokenness that you're living with, it's not over. The story's not over because God wants to meet us in those places of brokenness and pain and hurt. So today uh, we're going to be looking at Isaiah 61. And what I want to show you is that we have a God who restores. We have a God who specializes in taking the hurting and the broken and bringing them back to life. And everything broken will be mended. Everything sad will become true. This is God's plan. And in Isaiah 61, God unfolds his restoration plan to the prophet Isaiah. And it's a plan for the hope and healing of restoration of all things. So I really want to get up today and I want to encourage you. Whatever you're going through, it's not over. The God's in the story. And there really is hope and healing and restoration. So check out Isaiah 61. I mean, this, these are amazing, breathtaking promises for each one of us. Isaiah 61. This is what God says to Isaiah. He says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives, and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all who mourn and to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, and a garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will be They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. Man, that's God's promise, and that's God's word. Let's pray, and we'll dive in. Heavenly Father, thank you that you're a God who restores. Thank you that we can come today with all of the the hurt and the brokenness and, and the damage that needs healing. Despair, a spirit of heaviness, God, whatever it is, You intend to restore us, to make things new. So God, today I just pray that you would release hope in this room today. I just pray that good news would be released in all of our hearts and all of our lives as we hear your word proclaimed. We ask that in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so we're talking about restore. We're talking about how God can take something in our life and make it how it was intended to be. 
And there really are breathtaking promises in Isaiah 61. And I think it's really important for us to see it first is that these promises of restoration are really about a person. And restoration today is about a person. And what Isaiah wants us to know is that God's promise is all about a person. Isaiah 61. I love this. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me. Because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted. Isaiah is not talking about himself here. He's talking about someone greater who's going to come. It's a prophecy about a person. And he's going to be good news for my life and your life. And the Spirit of God is going to rest upon him. And he is going to proclaim good news. He is going to proclaim freedom. He is going to proclaim hope and healing and restoration. Restoration is a person. And I'm just here today to tell you that God has kept his promise. And seven years after, 700 years after Isaiah wrote this, Jesus came and he put God's promises for restoration into effect. And when Jesus arrives on the scene and he begins his ministry, I just want you to see how he introduces himself. Luke 4, 14 through 21. We'll put this up on the screen. You can turn there if you want. Luke 4, 14 through 21. Jesus is stepping onto the scene. He's beginning his public ministry, and this is how he opens it up. Luke 4, 14. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the, help me out, spirit. And news about him spread throughout the whole countryside. He was teaching in their synagogues and everyone praised him. He went to Nazareth where he'd been brought up. And on the Sabbath day, he walked into the synagogue as was his custom. He's a church, as was his custom. And he stood up to read and the scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. These were big scrolls. They unrolled the scroll. Unrolling it, he found the place where it's written. This is Isaiah 61. The Spirit of the Lord on me. This is, this is Jesus reading the scroll. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind and set the oppressed free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. That's Isaiah 61. So can you imagine Jesus? He shows up at synagogue. He's handed the scroll. He gets up to, to read it. He goes to Isaiah 61. He reads it. And then what does he do? He rolls up the scroll. That's the whole message. He reads Isaiah 61. He rolls up the scroll. He gives it to the attendant. And he sits down. And the eyes of everybody are like on him. Like, what's the message today? And you know what he says? He says, today the scripture is fulfilled in your hearing. Boom. Mic drop. What's Jesus saying when he steps on the scene? He's saying, I'm here. The restorer is here. The promises of Isaiah 61 are coming true in me. Today is the day of hope and healing and restoration. See, restoration is a person. It's Jesus. And as we read in Luke 4, the Spirit rested on Jesus. Jesus went proclaiming good news. That's the gospel. Wherever Jesus went, people were forgiven. 
They were healed. They were set free. Jesus died on the cross. He rose from the dead. That's like the greatest restoration of all time. That's not just going from old to new. That's going from dead to alive. And in the greatest act of restoration, Jesus won the victory. And through faith in Jesus Christ today, the promises of Isaiah 61 can come true in my life, in your life. So I just want to... I just want to set this up today as we begin this series and to say, first of all, restoration is about a person named Jesus who inaugurated God's plan of restoration for the world. And through Jesus Christ, everything is going to be made new. Every broken heart will be healed. Every wrong will be made right. That's coming true through Jesus Christ. It's a person. And because of Jesus, I love this. What does that mean for me? Because of Jesus, restoration is possible. And restoration is possible in your life. Whatever you've been through, whatever pain you're living with today, whatever loss you've experienced, restoration is more than possible. And so today there's good news. Today there's hope. Today Jesus is alive. Amen? And he's restoring broken lives. It's possible. Believe it and receive it. I don't know if you've read the, uh, the Chronicles of Narnia. Are you guys familiar with those books, Chronicles of Narnia? It's a series of children's books. And it's about these children that, that go from, from our world into the land of Narnia. And so there's these children, they go on these adventures, they go back and forth, and they meet this lion named Aslan, who represents God. And uh, there's a story, one of the books in the series is called The Voyage of the Don Treader. And there's this incredible character named Eustace. He's a boy named Eustace. And um, if you read the book, I mean, this kid is like, he's something else. I mean, he is the most... Selfish, self-centered, annoying little creep. You want to punch the kid in the face. He's that kid, you know. He is that annoying kid. And and actually, the the very first line of the book is one of the greatest first lines of of any other, any book ever written. And and C.S. Lewis starts it off like this. He said, there was a boy named Eustace Clarence Scrub. And he almost deserved it. I love that first line. So in the story, the children and and Eustace end up on this island. And uh, Eustace, being the annoying kid that he is, wanders off. And he ends up in a dragon's lair. And in the dragon's lair, there's dragon's treasure. Eustace being Eustace, he, he finds a golden ring and he puts it on his wrist. And he falls asleep. On this dragon's treasure. And as he sleeps, Lewis writes that, that these dragonish thoughts began to fill his heart, and he had these dragonish dreams, and he woke up as a dragon. He turns into a dragon as he lays on that dragon's treasure. Now, as a boy, I think it'd be pretty sweet to be turned into a dragon. 
at least for a little bit. That would be pretty cool. But after a while, that would like not be very cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, like it would be cool for, for a few minutes, but then it's like, you know, that, I'm ready to go back. And day after day, Eustace began to realize that he couldn't undo his dragon skin. And he really became lonely and isolated. And he began to cry these hot, steamy dragon tears because he could not undo the dragon that he had become. One night, Aslan shows up. And Eustace sees this huge golden lion. And he follows this lion to a crystal clear pool of water. Eustace knows if he can just get into that water, he'll be restored. Aslan says to Eustace, he says, to get in the water, you have to get undressed. And Eustace is confused. And then he realizes he's a dragon. And dragons have skin like snakes. The skin can peel off. And so he begins to scratch the skin, peeling off layer after layer of the scales. And no matter how hard he tries, the, there's just a dragon underneath every single layer of skin. And it's just such a powerful picture because no matter how hard we try, no matter how hard we scratch at the surface or try to change our circumstances, we can't undo some of the pain and the brokenness of the past. We can't tear off our own dragon skin. Because the, the pain and the brokenness goes deeper than the surface. It goes down to our very core, to the heart of who we are. And this is where the lion goes to work. And Aslan says to Eustace, he says, no, no, you can't undress yourself. I have to undress you. And Eustace takes a look at this lion and his powerful lion claws, and he's, he's very scared of what this lion is going to do to him, but he, he doesn't know what else to do. And so he lays down on his back, and he lets the lion in. And this is what happens next, as C.S. Lewis writes it. The very first tear he made was so deep, I thought it had gone right into my heart. And when he began pulling the skin off, it hurt worse than anything I've ever felt. He peeled the beastly stuff right off and threw me into the water. It smarted like anything but only for a moment, and I started swimming and splashing, and I found that all the pain had gone from my arm. And, when I, and then I saw why I turned into a boy again. Isn't that incredible? And here Eustace is restored. He becomes the boy that he was always meant to be. And I just want to say today, for all of us, that restoration is possible. But you can't do it on your own. Christ has to be trusted. 
Jesus has to be led into the deepest part of our brokenness and our pain. That's not easy. It can be painful. It can be terrifying to allow Jesus in. And I think some of us are, are like Eustace. We've seen the lion, but are we going to let him in? You know, Jesus said, you must be born again. He must be allowed into the deepest part of our lives. We must be undressed. But it's here in the depths of our heart where God does his greatest work. He does his work of transformation. He restores my soul. And there's no depth of pain or of love and brokenness that the love of Jesus Christ cannot reach. But Christ must be trusted. He must be let in. I remember the deepest, darkest moment of, of my childhood, one of, one of them. And I remember there was so much fighting in my home growing up. I don't know if you experienced that. But there was a moment when my mom literally told my dad to leave. And my dad and I left. We had no idea what was going to happen. Where are we going, Dad? Where are we going to spend, where are we going tonight? It was the end of our family. It was the end of a marriage. And I, I'll never forget my dad. And, and, you know, my dad's the guy that sands the table. He's, he's not a very complicated guy. He's pretty much a blue-collar, take-the-lunchbox-to-work kind of guy, not super religious. I'm so proud of him because he did the only thing he knew left to do. And he went to the house of the only pastor he knew. He let Jesus in. And that one decision saved his marriage and it saved our family. We have to let Christ in. Christ must be trusted. And when we invite him in, I'm here to tell you today, it's not over. Whatever you're going through today, it's not the end. Because there is a restorer. He's a person. He's alive. And he's here to bring hope and healing and restoration. There's nothing that Jesus cannot restore. Nothing. It is possible today for God to do a work of hope and healing and restoration in your life. It's possible. But I'm also going to tell you this. That restoration is a process. And you need to know this today. Hope and healing can come in an instant. But it's not always an instant, is it? It's often a process. And a lot of times, it's restoration is a day in and day out trusting of Jesus Christ. Which, by the way, is exactly what he wants, isn't it? Restoration is a process. The process really begins with Jesus. And we see in Luke chapter 4, this is really important. Luke chapter 4, Jesus came. The Spirit of God was on Jesus. And if you have received Christ today, that means a process of restoration has begun in your life. Do you know that? If Jesus in your life, he said, today, the scripture is fulfilled. So restoration begins with Jesus. 
And I love this because you guys catch the word good news in the passage? Spirit of the Lord be on me and proclaim good news. Jesus said, I am here. I'm proclaiming good news. That's the word gospel. What is the gospel? We hear this a lot. The gospel. What is the gospel? The gospel, as we see in Isaiah and Luke, is bigger than forgiveness of sins. We always think the gospel, that means my sins are forgiven. And yes, that's true. Isn't that an incredible part of the gospel, that our sins are forgiven? And the very first step in restoring your relationship with God is forgiveness of sins. But I'm here to tell you today that the gospel is bigger than the forgiveness of sins. The gospel is the restoration of all things. Did you guys catch that? And so if you have received Christ today, then the promises of Isaiah 61 are literally coming true in your life through Jesus. Take a look at this. These are breathtaking promises. This is the good news that God has for the world. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is on me, Jesus says, because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim freedom for the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance for our God, to comfort all who mourn and to proclaim, to provide for those who grieve in Zion, to bestow on them a crown of beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of the spirit of despair, And they will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. And they will rebuild the ancient ruins and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. See, the good news of Isaiah 61 is forgiveness, but it's bigger than that. It's restoration. It's hope for those who mourn. It's hope for those who are heartbroken. It's hope for those who've been devastated. It's hope for those who need life and peace. Jesus came not just for forgiveness, but for the restoration of all things. And that process begins with the day that you invited Jesus into your life. And guess what? That process that began with Jesus is going to end with Jesus. And how many of you know he's coming back? And when he comes back, he's going to restore all things. Everything broken is going to be mended. Everything sad is going to be untrue, become untrue. And the the places devastated for generations are going to become the display of his splendor. Isn't that awesome? So that's coming. That day is coming. Hallelujah. So our restoration process begins with Jesus and it ends with Jesus But in the meantime, it's the process. And that's where we are today, right? It's the process. And our brokenness didn't happen in an instant. And our healing doesn't happen in an instant. It is a process. And we cannot be afraid of that process. Christ must be trusted. This is one of the big reasons why I wanted to do the the head-to-heart journey last November with Christu and and the guys. I hope you're okay if I'm in the process. Are you guys okay with that if your pastor's in the process? Guys, I'm in the process. 
And last November, I had the opportunity to go a little bit deeper into this process. Went with some guys, went with Jesus, I went with my Bible, and I allowed God into some painful, broken areas in my own life. You know what? God did a little restoration over that week. Came back with a little freedom, a little hope, a little healing. And that's what God wants to do for every one of us. Sometimes we need to spend some time with the restorer and to allow him to do some healing in our lives, to bring some freedom to our lives. It's a process. And whatever you're going through today, that process isn't over, but you can't be afraid of it. You can't be afraid of being uncomfortable. We can't be afraid of going back into some of those moments of pain and allowing Jesus to meet us in that. See, God's going to use our pain and our brokenness to make us more like his son. And that's the process. And if it wasn't for that pain, if it wasn't for that brokenness in my life, I probably wouldn't have met Jesus. Because often Jesus meets us in our greatest moments of pain and brokenness. And that's the story. And that's the process. I have a friend back in Colorado, and he restores cars. I don't know a lot about that. But this is a car he restored. That's the before, and that's the after. Isn't that pretty awesome? The 1965 Vivant. I don't know what that is. I don't know if I'm pronouncing it right. But it's a sweet car. And so that's what he does. He specializes in restoration. And a guy bought that car, brought it to my friend. His full-time job for a year and a half was restoring that car. A lot of money went into that car. A lot of process went into that car. And uh, it was a pretty hectic year and a half for my friend, trying to get that done. But he, he was on a little bit of a timetable because he wanted to take this car, and, and he did. He took this car to Pebble Beach, which is the greatest car show on planet Earth. And so you could see he, he entered this car in the car show, and he won first prize. Isn't that incredible? 1965 Avant. He specializes in restoration. That's what he does. But that's what Jesus does. He specializes in restoration. He specializes in transformation. He's a God who takes us from here to there, from brokenness to glory. That's the story that he's writing in our lives. It's the story he's writing in the world today. And by the way, Pebble Beach is coming for every one of us who trust Christ. But we have to trust the hands of the restorer. Sometimes we have to allow the sandpaper to go over the surface of the table. He's a God who specializes in restoration. We can't be afraid of allowing Jesus to work deeply in our hearts and our lives and to be genuine about that. But I truly believe there's nothing in your life that God can't restore. And that's just how I want to start the series today. We're going to talk about some areas of brokenness that we're struggling with. From marriage to finance to what our teenagers are struggling with. We're going to be really honest about some of the difficulties that we're facing. I hope you guys are okay with not just showing a church with smiles on our faces. and We're going to smile, but 
We want to be real and genuine. We want to experience hope and healing. And God can do that in your life if you'll invite him in. So let's pray. God, thanks for today. Thanks for these breathtaking promises. We're just reminded from, from moments that all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We've all fallen short of of the story that we've imagined. Uh, many of us come here today with hurts from the past. Maybe it's a, a marriage that's melting down. Maybe financial crisis. Maybe there's a broken relationship. Could be an addiction or just your own dragon skin. Today, the Lion of Judah is knocking on the door. He's saying, Let me in to the depths of your heart and your soul. He restores my soul. So God, would you come? We don't have it all together, and we need you. Enter our pain, even as you bore the cross, arose from the dead. Restore us again. Breathe new life into our soul. And write the story that only you can write. Thank you.